Good morning. I am so glad that with our podcast being sent out, there are individuals who have responded and said, we are listening to the messages given out. I thank the Lord. Especially at this time, some want to come, but the other members of the family keep them from coming. And so we bring the word of God to them. I have this thing. Oh, praise the Lord. We started uh, last Sunday talking about grief. And how can we work otherwise than just grieving God, like happened during the time of Noah, instead to make him happy, to make him rejoice. And it is when we lead a soul to Christ, there's great rejoicing in heaven. And it says that it's not the angels who know about it, it's God who knows it. And he tells all the angels to rejoice. There is one sinner who repents. And what about crusades? Where you see the thousands in Africa. And they all come to Christ. Hallelujah. And so that makes God very happy. However, we are going to understand divine grief at this time. Now, I consulted three sources. And uh, these were some definitions they gave. Grief is a strong, sometimes overwhelming emotion for people, regardless of whether their sadness stems from the loss of a loved one or from a terminal diagnosis they or someone they love have received. Another definer made it, grief is the natural reaction to loss. Grief is both a universal and a personal experience. Individual experiences of grief vary and are influenced by the nature of the loss. Some examples of loss include the death of a loved one, the ending of an important relationship, job loss, loss through theft, or the loss of an independence through disability. And finally, one came out. Grief is response to loss, particularly to the loss of someone or something that has died, to which a bond of affection was formed. Although conventionally focused on the emotional response of loss, it also has physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical dimensions. While the terms are often used interchangeably, bereavement refers to the state of loss and grief is the reaction to the loss. Well, that's talking about men. When we lose a loved one, lost a job in all those areas, there is grief in our hearts. Now we're going to see from God's word the illustrations of divine grief. The first we're bringing out is when we had Noah. And God saw the wickedness and great in the earth and every imagination, the thoughts of his heart was on the evil continually. And it repented and connected the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. We mentioned last Sunday that God was not caught by surprise. In Revelation it says, before the foundation of the world, God already gave his lamb. He knew who would receive him. He knew who would not. But that's the marvel there. When God created Adam and Eve, he gave them the choice, the power to choose, to obey or disobey. 
and not only to Adam and Eve, behind, be, before that, in heaven, with all the angelic hosts, there was Lucifer. And he convinced other angels. And they wanted to stage a kudita. Again, they had the power to choose. But there was a group that really chose, no, we'll submit to Jehovah. We will serve him. Even that talks takes forever. And we are here. They never live here on earth. Maybe for a time visiting as emissaries of God. But those together with Lucifer, Lucifer were cast into this earth. And that's why Satan was able to tempt Adam and Eve. They had the choice. And that's the wonderful thing about God. He gives all of us the power to choose. The only thing is we can influence one another. Like Satan to the serpent convinced Eve and Eve now Adam. That's the thing about the liberty that God has given to us. We can choose and we can influence others also. But God knew all the while who would choose him and who will not choose him. But a wonderful God. He's not guessing. With us, we don't know if the person will uh, agree with you or co cooperate with you. But the thing is, when God repented, it's a loss. Not from him, but now you lose it. That's what I was thinking this week. Like here is an, an athlete trained with a coach and given all the rules to follow. But then he does not get the proper diet, the proper rest, the proper exercise. And so when he goes, he does not make it. The coach is green. Because the, the athlete that he was training did not do what he was supposed to do. And so God knows exactly. And the coach says, oh, I don't think he'll make it. He does not have the stamina, and he, will, he can run good beginning, but cannot go all the way to the end. The next is, in the wilderness. You know that God was so displeased with the Israelites. These were the ones that came from Egypt, and 20 years old and above. They exercised again their rebellious spirit. Why? All this time they were used to the celebrations there in Egypt. With all the idols, with all uh, the pump and the food and the great things. But now they're in the wilderness. Nothing to harvest. Only the manna that comes from heaven. They even got, oh, we want to go back to Egypt for the uh, leeks and garlics. And here now they don't have them. And despite that, God was giving them shade in daytime and nighttime. There was the light from heaven that other nations could not come. And uh, the harlot in Jericho said, We know about you crossing the Red Sea. We know how you won against the kings here. We are scared of you. The news has come out. You are the people of God. And God said not one of them will enter the promised land. Why? They're all grumblers and just wanted to disobey God, especially when they crossed the Red Sea. And then wanted to make an idol for themselves, the golden calf. That was just in their hearts. They were taken out of Egypt, but Egypt did not leave their heart. And so let's be careful. We have come to recognize Jesus as Lord, but is he really the Lord of our life? And that grieved God, and he said, only those 
about 20, and together with Joshua, would be able to go to the promised land. As we know, Moses, because he lost his temper, God did not allow him to go to the promised land. But we know in the Gospels that Moses and Elijah talked with Jesus. Huh? So Moses was in heaven. Only he did not get that reward. So when we disobey God, we lose our temper. What could have been ours is given to somebody else. And it went to Joshua. The next is, in the book of Judges, they go through a cycle. We have, they have the, when during Judges, they were righteous. When the Judges were there. And then they had that sinful, after the death of the, of the Judges, they become wild and disobeying God. And so what did God do? They were put under the power of another, had oppression. And then they went to repentance. God, 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 what shall we do? And in Judges 10, verse 16, it ends, And served the Lord, and his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. That's the loving God. He did not give up on Israel. The judges, one judge after another. <laughs> Samson was not a very good example. And still, you know, even Joshua was a very good leader, leading them that 40 years and the victory in Canaan. And then... When he died, he gave his children to rule over, but his children were not as godly as Joshua. See, it's sad. But again, God knows all of this. And he's grieved when the people, his people, turn away and disobey. Then the next we have Isaiah during the reign of Hezekiah. And this he wrote, Thou hast bought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices. But thou hast made me to serve with thy sins, Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. The key word here is wearied. God is made unhappy. In the way we worship, if it is not in spirit and in truth. And so very, very basic for us to be blessed as we come to church or even come to the prayer time, we pause in prayer. I know of three people in our midst that when we come, will you please pray? The person doesn't pray right away. There's a period of silence. It's just like when you be, come before the king. You come in reverence before you even start speaking. And so sometimes we come to church with whatever's going at home. Uh, they, we make all their shopping list. After the service, I'm going there. Oh, what I'm going to do with that person and so on. Listening to God, we miss it. And God is not pleased. So when we come here to worship, thing is, God knows us in our heart. God knows us in our mind. And when we give, I could have used this to buy this, to buy that, whatever. No. We give to the Lord. Not... As the scripture says in the New Testament, God loved a cheerful giver. We are worshiping him. We are glorifying him. And I say also just before the Babylonian captivity, but they rebelled and vexed the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy and he fought against them. The very hard word here is he vexed. Because they rebelled against God, against the Holy Spirit, he vexed. It's like you're tormenting the Holy Spirit. He's offering love. He's offering grace. But you just vex him. 
by ignoring Him, disobeying Him. Go your own way. Your choice. What I have now is all I care. Ah. Why about thinking of the by and by? I want it now. What I can enjoy now. And it vexes the Holy Spirit because Israel did not continue their faith in Him. And so Ezekiel now writes before the Babylonian captivity, Because thou hast not remembered the days of thy youth, but hast fretted me. There's another word there. It's fretted. You made me anxious. You made me unhappy. Fretted me in all these things. Behold, therefore, I also will recompense thy way upon thine head, said the Lord God. And thou shalt not commit this lewdness above all thine abominations. In that chapter there, God was warning Israel. You are worse than Samaria. You're worse than even Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? The kings after Solomon were just bringing in lewdness. And even the kingdom of Israel was divided. They brought up, especially Solomon married, got 700 wives and 300 concubines, and they were all idolaters. And he made uh, idols and uh, places of worship. Although he's the wisest man, but he was the wisest fool, as somebody said. He knew God. God blessed him, gave him promise. But rather, he wanted to please his wives that brought him into idolatry. And don't let any friend or whoever pull you away. Be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Maybe a wife, maybe a friend, a close acquaintance that will pull you away from Christ. You cherish his friendship like David and Absalom. A very strong friendship. But if that person will drive you away from Christ, maybe you'll be blessed. You'll have some special privileges to that person. That's not important. God is primary. And so God said to Ezekiel, they have committed lewdness above all thine abominations. Worst, because you turn your back against me. You know me. You have the temple built up by Solomon. You have the priest there serving you. But still, you have been unfaithful to me. Now, we go to the New Testament. And Stephen, before he was stoned, and he was arrested because he was such well-versed in the scripture, and they were surprised that he knew he was not one of the Levites there, but he was teaching them. And so they arrested him. And now, he had his, while they were uh, in this, facing all the leaders, and part of it, I quote here, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. The key word here is you resist the Holy Ghost. They had the scriptures. They had the priests who would teach them. But they just resisted the Holy Spirit. And they were more for power on their own. But it's silly, really amazing. You would say, with Saul, who was their champion, capturing Christians, stoning them to death, bringing them to prison, some killing, killing them. And he was not content with doing it in Judea and Samaria. Now he wanted to go up north to Damascus on his Damascus road. 
Nobody preached to him. Nobody gave him a track. But Jesus confronted him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Amazing grace of God. The Christian said, it's a hopeless case. He will never be one of us. Brethren, we have a mighty God. Why? Although Saul was killing the Christians because he believed they were destroying the image of God, especially Jesus said, I am the Son of God. And for that reason, he was crucified. And he wanted to defend the purity of the relationship with God. But when a voice from heaven, Saul, Saul, who are you? I am Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, he woke up. Lord, what do you want me to do? He did not have to go some lecture, go some sessions. He got the message. That is Jesus. He was persecuting. Lord, what do you want me to do? And his missionary journeys, nobody could stop him. He had the power of the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. And here is Stephen. Even to be at the point of death. And they're being stoned. Almost like Jesus saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what to do. Lord, lay not this thing to their charge. What? Only the grace of God. And the stoning to death is not easy. It's not quick. You're hitting the forehead, you're hitting the body, and your strength is just waning, and you're hitting the eye, you're hitting the nose, you hit whatever in the delicate parts of your body, and you're dying slowly, and the stones are just coming, 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 coming. And still he would forgive them. That is the power of God in the heart of a person who knows him. And Paul's closing words to his epistle to the Thessalonians, quench not the spirit. To quench is to, like a fire, pour water. Also, is it bayatsa? How would you say in Ilongo? Ilongra? Don't bother me. I'm going my own way. And the Holy Spirit is there, 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 there. Repent. Repent. Come back to God. Come back to God. Life will be better. Life will be more pleasant. Come back. You'll be forgiven if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just come back to God. Ask forgiveness. Because the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sins. Come back to God. And come quiet, quiet, please. Don't bother me. I'm having a good time here. I'm already increasing in my work. I'm getting popular. I'm more effective. They think I'm amazing. Holy Spirit, no, no. Your life here on earth is temporary. There is eternal. There's eternity. Where will it be? With God or away from God? The Holy Spirit keeps on reminding us. So, to understand this, I'm not talking about all the qualities of God, but some divine qualities in relation to when we... You know, we worry him, we vex him, whatever. In John 1, 14, And the word must be blessed and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's Jesus. So, we will expand this. Full of grace. Like in a coin, there are two sides of the coin. And with Jesus, 
there he said, full of grace and truth. So we talk about grace, perfect love, perfect mercy, perfect loving kindness, perfect patience, and there are many more yet. And so John 2.16, for God so loved the world. Not only particular individual, but everybody. He loved everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him, the church is yours. And the church is mine. He does not choose who should believe. We choose to believe or not. That whosoever believes in him, he so loved that he came. He gave his only begotten son. In John 1, 12 and 13. But as many as receive him or believe him, to them gave he power or authority to become sons of God, children of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not because my dad, I was born, my dad is a pastor, and until how many years he's a pastor, therefore I am a Christian. No, it's not by blood. And neither the will of the flesh. It's not me. I will gain the salvation. I'll be made holy. I'll become the child of God if I uh, go to church every Sunday and I'm active in the church and I give my offering and I'm whatever. It's not the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men. No pastor or individual can make another person a son of God. I declare you now a son of God. You have come forward. You have I see the tears in your eyes, and you're sobbing, and I declare you, you're a child of God. No, no pastor or no person. It's not the will of men, but very, very strongly, it is of God. We become children of God by His power, by His act. That is His grace. We did not earn it. We did not work for it. We did not qualify for it. It's only by the grace of God. And now we go to the next. The other side of grace is full of truth. Perfect righteousness, perfect holiness, perfect justice, and so on. So in John 3, 16, that whosoever believe will not perish. So if you don't believe, you will perish. The grace of God is one side. But what are you saying? You will not perish if you believe. So, in that quiet message, if you do not believe, you will perish. And the next, in Romans 3, 23, all have sinned. You're going to say, but I'm good. I don't have to put my faith in Christ. I don't have to be saved. No, we are all sinners. We all have sinned. And Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Pastor, you mean every time I sin, I die? No. The illustration of Adam and Eve. In the day you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Did they die? No. The picture is, and God came down into garden. Adam, Adam, where are you? I'm here. What are you doing? Usually I'm here visiting you. I love you. Why? We are naked. Who told you you're naked? Did you eat of the fruit? Oh, because of my wife and because of the serpent. What was trying God trying to list? Draw confession. If we confess our sin, I ate. Yes, I ate. But again. 
denies it. We blame somebody else. We blame somebody else. Did God say, okay, that's it? No. He killed. Many say it's a lamb. That means blood was shed. And he clothed them. Not no longer leaves, but from animal. In so doing, a lamb was slain, already pointing to Calvary. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yes, that relationship was broken, spiritual death, but God gave the redemption. They only put out of the garden, but not from his fellowship. And so Adam and Eve continued to raise their children, Cain and Abel, but Cain murdered his brother. And so he was cursed. And many years afterward, Seth came out to carry on the line. And he had, he, he had no choice. He had to marry one of the daughters of Cain. <laughs> but he was able to make it go on. And so on, even up to the time of Noah. Sin just multiplied and multiplied. And God had to wipe his earth into one family to continue. Bring the lineage down to Jesus, continues, because it has already been foreordained that he will give his own lamb. God himself coming down. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. That's why I'm reading scripture, and the word was made flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word, Jesus himself, God. We divide the Father, Son, Holy Spirit mind. Just like us, we are body, soul, and spirit. That's why we are created in the image of God. And we are at home with Him. But then, divine grace is applied. In Acts 7.51, Ye stiff naked and uncircumcised in heart, and ears, ye always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. Again, this was Stephen addressing the leaders of the Jews. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the Holy Spirit. These are words that when we turn to God, or walk away from God, there is grief. And divine grief is not uh, what God experienced. But He speaks to us. In Romans 2.15, which show the work of the Lord written in their hearts. Their conscience, I want you to know that we, even today, we are aware of that. Their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. That conscience, the voice of God. But the more we learn of God's word, we can be corrected by God's word. He will, by conscience, rebuke us. But, if we are more the things of this world, about popularity, about wealth, about power, about... We don't have the conscience. We have, well, silence the Holy Spirit. We would rather listen to the worldly leader, even Satan himself. So let's be very careful. Now, behold, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Keyword, repent. Come back to me. 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Keywords here? Let's look. As many as I love. Only a person who loves is grieved. If your classmates, father died, or condolence. But the grief is not there as by the son or the wife of the one who died. Because there is that, there's not a loving relationship. But even no blood relationship, but because he has helped. He has given. I just read a testimony uh, quoted by a preacher that... Uh, here was a man who had a very big heart. And uh, when a kid comes who had no home, just living in the streets, and uh, saying, could I get some fruits? What, do you have money? No. I have a marble here. Okay, help yourself. Got the marble. Then the news spread. Another, another kid came. I'm hungry. Can I have some fruit? Whatever. What do you have? Your money? No. I got this marble. Okay. Just whatever you want. You know what? Three of them. Years passed. And finally, this generous man died. Many people came. And after the rest had already paid their respects, coming to the coffin, there were three military men that came in. And they paused for a while, and they lifted whatever to reach to the hand and put something in, and then walk away. And uh, the friend said, why? Why are you smiling? Come, come with me. I know what's in here. What is it? He said, marbles. Three marbles. That was what? The old man was holding, cherishing. These were now military guys. They were not necessarily veterans yet. They were young. They had come just on time to attend the funeral. But here was the old man. No blood relationship, but he cared for them. He cared for them. Nobody can equal the love of God. We don't deserve his love, but he loves us still. And his great plans for us, not necessarily popularity or wealth or whatever, but the blessing, the peace of God, that passes all understanding that will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And in this, it's that we will only repent. Oh God, I'm sorry. I got carried here and I was influential, but I'm coming back to you. Repent is to return. Many times we, we confuse repentance with confession. That's different. Confession is the part, a part portion of repentance. We leave our sin, confess, admit our sin, and then we come back to God. Sometimes he loosely says the word, and repent of your sins. No, we confess our sins. And we repent. Repent is return. Return to God. Why? Here the Holy Spirit is saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Yes, it says in Revelation, And Jesus 
is at the door. But Jesus said, when I go, I will come again in the com person, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he is the one knocking at the door of our hearts. Hey, how's your feeding on my word today? About our time of prayer together. Well, how is it? And if anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. Hallelujah. I'm holding here the past. Just repent. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But I already did that yesterday. Yes. But is he your Lord now? Confess him as your Lord. Lord Jesus, I come back to you. You are my Lord. Yes, you are my Lord. Hallelujah. You are my Lord. And we are sure that we will be forgiven. And he does not come in and out, in and out. But when he's in, he will, through the conscience, draw us to him because he loves us. Because loving relationship, it is reciprocal. And... He who loves me, then I will love him. Now, if you love him, he will have returned. It is like we mentioned before, like the feedback on the sound system. What makes the sound grow up when the sound comes out, is picked up by the microphone, then it rises up. The feedback, it gets greater and greater and greater. And I pray that that will be true with our love. As we love God, then He pours His love on us. Then we love Him the more, then He pours some more. Hallelujah. Question is, are we ready to receive more of the love of God? 